The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time. Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get The Essential Calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. Hey everyone, Sarah here. As you listen to our episodes recorded during the 2020 global pandemic, just a friendly reminder to check the date stamp on when that episode was released. And we'll also always tell you when it was recorded as well in the show notes and in the episode itself. Things change so quickly these days, including recommendations for health and safety, as well as just our own thoughts and feelings. So you may hear things that feel a bit dated if you're catching up on older episodes. Just know that we're experiencing this in real time, just like you, and that we're working really hard to follow the latest recommendations for the safety of our families and our communities. We're also working hard to bring you timely, relevant podcast episodes in a world that's changing really quickly. So just a reminder to listen with that context. Thanks for being here, friends. On to the episode. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis, and today I'm bringing you one of our monthly voices episodes. I'm going to be talking with Stacey Billis. She is a recipe developer, a food writer, and co-host of the Didn't I Just Feed You podcast. Stacey and her co-host Megan talked with Sarah back in September in an episode on feeding your family without guilt, and it remains one of our most popular voices episodes ever. So we figured you'd want to hear from her again. Um, and today we're bringing Stacey back to talk about pantry planning and cooking from your freezer and pantry in light of the coronavirus disrupting our usual shopping and family routines. But even if you listen to this episode way in the future, there is plenty of advice that's going to be useful and relevant anytime. Stacy also has a book coming out soon called Winner Winner Chicken Dinner, and she has some great tips about how to use unfamiliar cuts of chicken, how to break down a whole chicken, and basically just how to become more chicken savvy. Okay, let's get to the interview. Hi, Stacy. Thanks so much for being on the Mom Hour. Thanks for having me. We are excited about this because just the other day, um, Sarah and I were trying to plan, and, and this is a spoiler alert that we're really planning on on the fly right now. We're like recording a couple days ahead of an episode because we don't, things continue to change really quickly. Um, and we want to be kind of on that, but we were saying food, like we really need to be talking to people about how they're feeding their families right now because it, this new normal is very different. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because it is really different. At the same time, there are aspects about this that really are... Um, satisfying is that oh like I agree very, that's no, a strange I, yes. word to use no. right now <laughs> well what I was telling Sarah is I feel like it's closed the it's it's become a closed system so I actually did a big inventory pantry inventory because I thought this might be the only time I'm really going to understand how much food my kids and my family eat because no one's coming or going yes you know and yes. we're not getting takeout very often maybe like once a week so yep so it's like all of the external factors of people coming and going and going to sports and all these things that make it difficult to plan are done. Like all we have now is our human experiment like happening in our totally. home, right? Yeah. Totally. And, you know, I co-host a podcast called Didn't I Just Feed You? And my co-host is Megan Splawn. And she and I were talking about how so much of what we're always preaching, but trying to be mindful of the fact that not everybody loves to cook. Not everybody right. has the time to cook. Like there are varying budgets, time constraints, passion for it. But so much of what we sort of nudge people towards now, people are there. Yeah, <laughs> like we're, we're all like, getting there. All quick. right, let's do this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's like sometimes when the choice or the distractions are removed, you just do what you have to do. And I think that that's... Um, I've, I've been really encouraged actually to see how readily people can do what they have to do when, when it's time to. So let's talk about what that new normal means. Um, I know for myself, it just means my kids obviously are eating inside my home much more often. Yeah. Um, I don't know how your shopping process it has changed. If it has, how are you able to get, like, yeah. are you getting to the store? Are you getting delivery? How are you doing that? Well, so I live in New York City. Yes, things are really going, getting real there. Yeah. Yeah, things are getting very real. Things are getting very um, 
frankly, very scary. Mm-hmm. And so at first, leading up to it, I really was, I always keep a pretty solid pantry, but I started to like stock up a little bit here and there because I really didn't want to be in the position of hoarding, right. which I just want to reiterate. I know people know this, they're hearing this, but truly, truly, there is no supply chain issue. Like yeah. there's no need to hoard. The only thing I would recommend is to think about stocking up enough food for about two weeks, yeah. a little bit more if you can, just because that means, especially if you're in kind of a hot zone, for lack of a better way of putting it, like me in New York, you don't have to go out as frequently. Yes. Yeah. I've been looking at it just like grabbing a little more of the stuff that I use a lot yes. every time because yes. if they're, I get, um, groceries delivered for the most part. And sometimes it's hard to get a shopper right now. And so if I have to wait totally. two, three, four days to get food in my house, I'd rather just know I have enough butter, right? <laughs> or whatever totally. the thing totally. is. Um, but yes, I so agree. We're not going to have food shortages. That's not something right. we're dealing with, right? Yeah, exactly. So there's this weird balance we're trying to strike. I also do food delivery, but it's funny because normally you can like del- you know, save a slot for tomorrow or like mm-hmm. two days from now. And I'm hearing people and I had the same experience where you sign on and there's nothing. nothing. Yes. There's nothing for at least seven days. Like every single slot is taken up. So I would say be aware of what you're running out of a few days ahead of time, especially if you feel like things are going to get more intense in your area. Um, like I said, I'd been building my pantry slowly like you're talking about. And then this past week, so I got my groceries a few days ago, and it was a week before that that I placed the order. Wow. Okay. I did a like big, I'm not going to want to go out. I'm not going to want to get another delivery. Yeah. I will tell you that it took two hours to unpack everything, to wash all the packages, to Mm -hmm. wash all the fruits and vegetables, to then wipe down my doorknobs, wipe down the kitchen because the bags had been everywhere. I don't know if it's overkill. I'm not saying I don't want anyone to feel like they have to do what I am doing, but I just felt the need and it was super intense. And I was like, I am so glad I don't have to grocery shop for another two weeks. (laughs) I won't be doing this again for a while. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, that does create an issue if you can't get a spot. And I have heard that's starting to be, you know, I'm in, I'm in a a semi-rural area of Michigan. So we're not having, we're not in a hot spot yet. Um, hopefully we won't be, uh, but I have even started to notice that delivery times are getting pushed out. It used to be like, you could have groceries within three hours and now it's like, you know, tomorrow night maybe, or the next day. So that's definitely been something on my mind. Um, also think ahead. It also helps keep the delivery people safe too. Yeah, Like this is all about all of us doing our part. So think ahead and I'm using my fresh ingredients first. So, you know, This is kind of moving away from the logistics of grocery and we can get back to it. But I do think that this is a time to go easy on yourself. Yes. Not get crazy. Cook what's fun. If all you want to do is bake and you want to eat cake for breakfast, go for it. Like, don't stress about what the kids are eating. Like, This is so not the moment. I Um, love that advice. Well, (laughs) because that was actually my next question. And my my next two questions actually were going to be, first of all, I know your husband's home with you all day. I'm going to imagine because you, um, (laughs) I'm going to imagine that because you are a food blogger and uh, cookbook writer and food podcaster that you probably do the most, the majority of the shopping and cooking. Is that still holding? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Although... The boys, I have a 10-year-old and a 13-year-old, and they are pitching in more. They make their own breakfast. They, well, you know, except when I wake up and I feel like making breakfast. Right. Um, Which now you can make whenever you want. You can make yes. breakfast at three o'clock in the afternoon if you want. <laughs> so, <true>. you know. <laughs> freedom. Yes. We're going to see this as the privilege to have some fun and freedom in our kitchens. Honestly. And, you know, the boys, like I'm screen time. Oh, my gosh. It's driving me crazy. So this past weekend, we were like, okay, why don't each of you cook a full meal? And they both were like, eh, we might as well fill our time. And they each planned like a four course meal. Oh, I love it. Of course, I had to help them with, but that's okay. Yeah. Like they were in the kitchen. They didn't ask for screens. We put on music. They were just like cooking all these things. And I got to teach them some basic kitchen and life skills. It's been really great. But, you know, 
I am doing a majority of the cooking. Yeah. I have to be honest. I really wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you got your systems, right? And yeah. And, I do. And, yeah. And, and you enjoy it. My kitchen's it. my office. Right. Exactly. Yes. I really enjoy the time that I spend in my, in the kitchen, um, listening to my podcast or my music and just kind of chilling out. It's like my happy place. So I totally get why you wouldn't want to necessarily hand that domain over. Are you still like, are you sticking to the same food routines that you used to? Um, do you still sit down at the table together about the same amount, more or less? Uh, are you having any fend for yourself meals? I've had a couple yeah. of those. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Here's what I think. I think that um, I always am. I always say this before giving any advice because I feel like there's a lot of judgment around how we feed our kids and yeah, how we feed ourselves. Great. You know, from the time that we we start breastfeeding or formula feeding, someone has an opinion about those all the way to, you know, whether we're letting our tweens and teens eat junk food and fast food. Like, who cares? You have to do what's right for you. So I only offer what I'm doing as kind of a, you know, as an example of it's something that you can It's just a snapshot of your life. That's how exactly. I see it. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So for us, I... I am finding that eating healthy, especially in the beginning of the day, is really important to my mood and my energy because, oh my gosh, being home all day is draining my energy like crazy. Like, yeah, I'm done at 830. I'm like ready for sleep. And I like, what have I done? Like, like a 10 <laughs> yeah. minute workout and like cooking yep. and yeah. it's just very exhausting. Well, it feels so, to me almost like camping. You know how like when you go, yeah. I don't know if you ever camp, but you spend the entire time just working to stay alive kind of. And then you get yes. to the end of the day and you're like, <laughs> yes. what did I do today besides just walk to the bathroom and back and like maintain my space and cook? That's totally. it. But that's, Isn't there's it a flashback to yes. them when they were young yes, too? Yes, like yes. toddlers. Oh you're like, what happened today? There's Why simplicity so in it, which is nice, but it's also a little weird because we're used to running around and doing all kinds of things. So anyway, sorry, you were about to say what you've been yeah. doing. Yeah. So for us, like starting the day healthfully is pretty important um, with, smoothie or eggs. I'm boiling hard boiled eggs ahead of time. Um, avocado toast. My 13 year old loves that every single morning. And for the most part, we are also doing like an outside activity when it's nice. Mm, so okay. we have a dog, yeah. we take him to off leash, we stay six feet apart from everybody. And so it's like quick breakfast, either like prep it or put everything on the counter and you make it before off leash or after off leash. Mm, okay. And then we kind of launch into our days. And lunch is the same thing. Some days I'm, you know, I'm cooking. Mostly those are the days when I want to use up leftovers because I'm really, really highly focused on reducing food waste right now because yeah. I can, because it's good, because mm. it's helpful too. So if I have something that requires a little bit of cooking, like that day or the next day, I'll say like, okay, I'll take care of lunch for everybody. Lunch at 1.30. Otherwise, I'm putting out like a station. So, yeah, again, my boys are only 10 and 13. So like they can make quesadillas, they can make sandwiches and I'll put out like peanut butter, jelly, bread. And then I will cut up carrots or peppers or something, because if I don't prep the fruit and the vegetables and just have it out on the counter, they won't go for mm, it. OK, but if I prep it, it's there and it's easy and they eat it. I mean, honestly, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a way of forcing myself yes. to have a little something. And then we have a set dinner time, which is mostly about making sure that my husband and depending on how my day is structured, if I'm working into the evening, that we stop and we yeah. take like mandatory family time. Because I could see like this time, you know, um, I'm also like a self-employed person. It sounds like your husband runs a business. You're a self-employed person. Yeah. It's easy for your work day to just be this nebulous thing that never starts or ends. It just is. Totally. <laughs> You're just a cloud. And on. Yes. 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 Yeah. So we definitely have, you know, some set times and I am cooking a lot. But also, I really do hope that the these next few weeks my boys start to pick up more and more confidence in the kitchen. I love like, that. There's no reason at their age why they shouldn't be able to, you know, I don't know. Scramble an like, egg. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yes. So they do like scrambled eggs and they do um, grilled cheese, but mm. they'll still like default to the microwave and they call them cheese melts. And oh I my think gosh. it's really nasty. That's so gross. I'm like, <laughs> just put a little butter in this little pan. It's going like, to taste so really much easy. better. You're going to be really yes. happy you did it. Yes. Cheese melts. Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> oh, my 10 year old took 
he calls them Tostitos, like specifically, because sometimes I buy like the all natural tortilla chips and they're like, no, we want Tostitos. And they just mean like the saltier, like no flaxseed in my business tortilla chip. And my 10 year old took a huge plate of Tostitos and took a sliced pepper jack cheese, tore it into strips like threw it over them and microwaved the whole thing. And he was like, mmm, nachos. Oh, my goodness. So I was like, note to self, teach the 10-year-old how to make real nachos. Yes, exactly. It's, that, <laughs> is a, that is an essential life skill, right? Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product, Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as forever chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite Factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Stacey, so let's talk about pantry building and and let's let's kind of come at this um, as though you're speaking to somebody who's never really done that before, really, who's never really built out a pantry and maybe now has just been shopping for like the next few days and is used to that. And I know um, for myself, I was talking with um, Sarah about this, that I just moved from a house that had literally one cabinet to a house with two pantries, like a walk-in pantry oh and another gosh. one. So like oh I God. kind of had forgotten how to shop in advance and was literally shopping three days at a time. So if I were in that position now, I had finally gotten used to it. And so, you know, luckily I wasn't completely unprepared, but I was just thinking about if I had a really small space right now, first of all, how would I prioritize? And secondly, if I had plenty of space, but just had never thought to shop that way, how would I prioritize? So let's just talk about I mean, how do you get started? What do you think is important to have on hand? Um, what's essential in, in your kitchen? Okay. So everybody talks about canned beans, and I do love that. But I have to say, if you have an Instant Pot especially, I think having dried beans around is really, really an excellent thing to do. Okay. It is, they're more affordable. They take up less space. I live in New York City, always thinking about space. Um, and also one bag is so affordable and will make you many, many, many more meals 
left yes. in a single can. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, and this is the time, even if you don't have an Instant Pot, learn how to cook beans from scratch because you can also then put them in glass, you know, even in plastic containers that seal shut with some of the cooking liquid. And it's basically your own can of beans. Nice. Okay. It's very, very simple and does not require a lot of hands-on time. Okay. 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 So pasta and rice, obviously, those are the basics. Between beans, pasta, and rice, you can make so, so much. Um, I want you to think about your freezer as an extension of your pantry, especially when you're thinking about how to bulk up pasta or rice. Um, because you can keep butter in there. You can keep milk in your Mm -hmm. freezer even if you need it. Um, that way, if you run out of cream, you can also use milk to make creamier sauces, tons of vegetables that you can keep in your freezer. Um, peas are a great one. I don't love frozen broccoli, but it does really work for rice dishes, like okay. a cheddar and broccoli risotto, something like that could be really comforting, very, very family friendly and bro- frozen broccoli is perfect for that. Um, I love frozen cauliflower as well, and I actually use it to put into smoothies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. OK, we were just talking. Sarah was just talking about that the other day, putting frozen yeah. cauliflower in smoothies and how it has no flavor. So no you don't detect it. Flavor. And let me tell you why I do it. I don't do it because I'm a crazy health nut. I do it to ease my own anxiety because, yes, of course, I would love to just let my kids eat whatever they want all day and not care. That's just not me. I And I make no judgment on people who feel that way because I envy them. Yeah. <laughs> but if they if they eat like a bowl of cereal and then a bowl of cereal and a piece of toast with ham or cheese or something, I'm like, OK, by dinner time, I feel the pressure to give them vegetables. But if. I can kind of fit vegetables in and really like creative, easy, simple ways throughout the day. Then I don't feel as much pressure at dinner yeah, time. Yeah, no, that makes so a lot of sense. So that's part of why I put like spinach or kale in my um, cauliflower into my smoothies. Okay. Um, also, you don't have to buy vegetables frozen to put them in there. If you see that spinach wilting, if you see that kale starting to wilt and you don't know what to do or you just don't feel like eating it, pop it into your freezer and then you can use it like I said, for smoothies or stews or soups. All right, let's stop there really quick because I I love that piece of advice. And I have to tell you, I I am an overbuyer when it comes to fresh produce. It's just a problem of mine. (laughs) I went to Costco for the first time last week and was, I came home and was just laughing at myself because I thought, well, how did I think I was going to use this enormous (laughs) bag of like Brussels sprouts and another one of broccoli? So I thought, oh, duh, I I can put them in the freezer. (laughs) There's nothing that special about the fact that like other people put them in the freezer first. So do you have tips besides just using freezer bags? Is that it? Is that the tip? Just get the air out and put it in the freezer yeah, bag? Yeah, just get yeah. the air out. And okay. I like to wash it first. Okay. And when you wash it, you want to make sure that it dries completely. So I just mentioned that I got this humongous grocery order that will cover us for two weeks, in theory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I washed everything, mostly out of safety precautions. Um, but I like the beets. I took off the beet greens. I washed them. And I just covered my counters with dish towels and I let them dry overnight just on Mm. the counter. Same with all the berries. I just washed them all in a solution of water with about a tablespoon or two of white vinegar. And that actually helps them last longer. Another like important pro tip. tip. Okay. Because it kills the bacteria on the berries. You can do it with grapes too. You can do it with grape tomatoes. Just let them sit in the solution for about 15 minutes. And then again, on a dish towel, on the counter overnight. Don't even think about it. They'll be bone dry the next day. Then you can pop them into freezer bags, get the air out, pop them in the freezer. All right. This is fantastic advice. And let's talk a little bit really quickly about fresh versus frozen versus shelf stable produce, because I know I know that people have this idea in their head that fresh is always best. And that's not the case. Um, Frozen and canned can sometimes get a bad rap. So. Talk about that a little bit. Like, what is your relationship with the different categories of produce, if you will? So I tend towards frozen things over canned things. Okay. Typically, if I can get both, you know, get the produce both ways. Um, I just don't love canned vegetables, personally. The taste of them. Flashbacks to childhood for me. So, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Like, it just doesn't appeal to me. So I, I honestly can't speak to it except to say... That if that is what's available, if that's what your family likes, if that's what your kids like, it 
counts. Yes, it counts. There is no guilt. Just use it. And sometimes canned, like canned green beans are great for a casserole. If you're going to put something in and it's going to cook for a long time or it's going to be mixed up with a lot of other stuff, if that's what you have, use it up now. That's a perfect way to use it up. Frozen vegetables are excellent because the thing is that they are frozen at peak freshness. It gets picked, it gets cleaned, it gets processed and frozen, and it's frozen in time. So like frozen strawberries taste better than most of the strawberries I get year round here in New York City. Yeah. So the key is how you cook it or use it afterwards. That's where there's a question of quality. Okay. So frozen strawberries, for example, if you saw them, they're going to be mushier. Right. So if you're looking to just make a yogurt parfait and you want that like fresh strawberry flavor, you're not going to get it out of frozen. But if you're looking for that fruit on the bottom mm. kind of jam, like it's perfect. Take plain yogurt, thaw the strawberries. They'll be a little bit mushy. You'll get a lot of that juice. You can put a little bit of sugar that you get to control. Just add it yourself and mix it up. And it's just like fruit on the bottom yogurt. So that's, you know, I mentioned not loving broccoli. It really depends. It's because broccoli retains a lot of water. Yeah. So when you thaw it, it's going to get a little bit spongy and watery. But if you're going to cook it in a rice dish all at once, that water is going to get absorbed by the rice and the broccoli would be very, very fork tender anyway. So great. Frozen yeah. broccoli is perfect for that. It's about the use. It's not about the quality of the product itself. Okay. I love that. And and I have a specific question for you about this because I roast vegetables 90% of the time. That is the oh, way yeah. my family loves them. That's the way I love them. And I'm not 100% sure which frozen vegetables would be the best for that method of cooking. Do you have any tips for me? Yeah. Broccoli, cauliflower, those hearty cruciferous vegetables, they do retain water, but when you're going to roast them, that water is going to evaporate as part of the process. And what I would do is just kind of check them partway through to make sure that if they are releasing a lot of water, like especially if you're on a rimmed baking sheet Mm -hmm. and the water isn't evaporating, that you get rid of it and add a little bit more drizzle of oil because you really want the moisture gone. Mm. You want it to evaporate. You don't want it collecting in your pan. And then you want that fat to get it nice and crispy and yummy. All that good browning in spots that you love so much from frozen vegetables. Oh, and frozen sweet potatoes. Mm. A lot of times frozen sweet potatoes come in chunks. That works beautifully if you just put it straight from the package into the roasting pan. All right. What about um, when, when someone's in a small space, and I know you talked about beans, and I think that's a good, that's a good tip. Um, what about, are there ways to make the most of that space? And one thing I'm thinking about when I had my one cabinet, my one cupboard pantry, <laughs> um, spices was a real, that was a real problem for me. I had to get really yeah. creative with blends that did everything like, yeah. you know, so I wonder if you have any specific advice about seasonings when your space is really limited. So, Okay. I love spices. I love the idea of making spice blends. That's great. And I'm really glad that you brought this up because one of the things I wanted to talk about in terms of what you should have in your pantry if you're just starting out or you're trying to build it up is that you, you know, everybody thinks about like the proteins and the starches. And that's really important. Of course, grains, we talked about rice, we talked about pasta, but there's also farro, there's also quinoa that's high in protein. And that's really great right now because it'll keep you full longer. Yeah. Um, you know, proteins, don't forget about your canned tunas, your jarred tunas and olive oil, anchovies, if that's your thing. Mm. It's very French and fancy. Um, but also, you want to make sure that your pantry has flavor builders because that's where things are going to start to taste good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, you know, think about like barbecue sauce, if that's your thing. I mean, you can keep it really simple you know, making a ranch blend or having a, you know, the ingredients you need to make a ranch sauce is really great, but also hot sauce, uh, Mm. sriracha, um, garlic chili, Asian garlic chili sauce is really great. Make sure you have a nice Dijon mayonnaise on hand. Um, Vinegars are really, really important. Um, Canned tomatoes are really great. In terms of making sure that you have room, because I know I'm just adding to your list, I'm not (laughs) condensing your list. I get it. Some of that stuff is going to stay in your fridge. Um, You know, and just being smart about how you pack your pantry and seeing your fridge and your freezer and your cabinet space, whatever it is, 
as all one. Mm. So if you don't have a lot of room for canned stuff, you want to be looking at what you can pack into your refrigerator or your freezer. Um, and also, I think being organized about how you pack your stuff yeah. is really, really important. And buying in bulk, that's why I like the dry beans instead of the canned beans. And you're going to have to pack it really deep and really full. So like maybe keeping a list of what you have in there Mm -hmm. so that you can maximize your space right now, especially as we're like packing our kitchens full to the gills, right? So as you unpack, just keep a list and just write down what you have. As you make a double batch of something and pop it into your freezer, write it down. Like just have a couple of lists in your kitchen so that you're always keeping track of what you pre-cooked what's in your freezer, what's in your cabinet. That way you don't have to rummage. You can just maximize your space and then glance at your list to see what you have and what you need to use up. Uh, I love that. I love that tip. And another thing that um, that I kind of learned in, living in a really small space was that just because something is eventually going to be used in the kitchen doesn't mean it has to be stored in the kitchen all the time. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. It took me like That's a year to come great. to that conclusion, yes. but it was like, wow, if I have doubles of everything, some of those doubles could go in the basement or like yes. in this little entryway room that's not really being used right now. Like there's a lot of weight, especially if you're organized about it so that they don't just get lost. Well, that's forgotten. the thing, right? I think that's where a list comes in and doing it right as you're unpacking your groceries, right as you're prepping food and packing your freezer is really, really genius because yeah. it just helps you like keep track of everything. Because I used to, it's funny, before all of this, I actually had decided that I was going to live the way you described living in your previous house, where I was like, I'm just going to buy what I need for the week. I cleaned out my pantry. In fact, we were looking for something really random. And I have a lot of random stuff in my pantry because I develop recipes. And I was like, oh, I have that. And then I was like, oh, oh, it's buckwheat flour. And I was like, oh, I got rid of it in my pantry purge. Yeah. But I really wanted to go minimal. Yeah. And it was partly because I never used to look at my basement pantry. Mm, and it just yeah. like stuff got old and it was wasteful. So now that I'm going back to using that basement pantry, I'm really committing to being organized and keeping track of everything. Yeah. I love that. Um, another thing I'm thinking about is uh, condensed versions of things. The one that comes to mind are like bullion packets and cubes. Oh, are there, yes. are there so other condensed versions of things that you can think of where it's yeah, like, yeah, so good. And also like thinking about what can do double duty. Mm. You know what I mean? So like tomato paste, you can thin out and make that tomato sauce. Yes. So and tomato paste comes in smaller jars. Um, you know, there's no reason to buy tomato sauce in the cans and then a jar of marinara sauce because we have the time you can turn it into one it's super easy you know yeah like so you don't have to have things for every eventuality um i think that that's really great bouillon um milk is another one like you can evaporated milk can become regular milk you just Mm -hmm. add water powdered milk it's really good for baking too i know it sounds weird but these are good things to have on hand in case yeah um, but if you like fresh milk, then you can then don't use evaporate, don't have evaporated in your pantry for that one random baking project, because all you have to do is boil regular milk down and reduce it by half to get evaporated milk. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you don't have to do double duty. Yeah, that's great. That's great advice. Um, when you're using things up right now, so say you've got, you know, again, you said you're not hoarding, but you've got a little bit of a stockpile. You've got a I little do. bit ahead. Are you, do you find yourself safe? I've found myself in this weird position where now I have plenty of like, I've got enough spaghetti and sauce to get me through um, (laughs) an apocalypse situation. But now I find myself like avoiding making spaghetti, which is dumb because I totally would make spaghetti once every couple weeks, maybe in a normal, but now I'm like, I gotta, I gotta save save that spaghetti. So I'm wondering about your mentality when it comes to the things you have in your house. What are you making first? Have you changed your meal planning as a result of this? Or are you just kind of like, no, I just have extra of the stuff I'd make all the time anyway. I, you know, I did what you did with spaghetti. I did with uh, dry beans. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but I might want kidney beans. Right. And I might want chickpeas right. another day. <laughs> right. So I really need to start using up. <laughs> yes. Dry beans. <laughs> yes. Yes. I got you. Um, yeah. 
But I have to say, I, you know, again, I don't know if it's like a New York City thing because I really was like, I have so many options, grocery options. Right. Um, I really didn't like hoard too much. Mm-hmm. And before I got this massive delivery of groceries, like we were down to the wire. There wasn't that much left. Like I really like used everything. So but for me, I am using fresh first. Like that's okay. the one big rule. And then like by the end of the week, which honestly happens normally too. Right. Like yeah. that you the know, rules haven't the, really changed. It's just yeah. that the, situ- the circumstances are different. Yeah. And I'm using my freezer more and I'm being a little bit more mindful. But also I'm also being a little bit forgiving too. And like, oh, like I run a tight ship normally because mm. we're all so busy. There's sports, there's activities, there's that I'm like, if if I put chicken parmesan on the meal plan for Monday night, I don't give a what anybody feels like eating. We're eating chicken parm. Like, that's what I planned. Like, every once in a while, I'll adjust as something comes up for me for work that requires. But I've made my meal plan with the schedule already in mind. Yeah. And we stick to it. Yeah. So I'm actually loosening the reins a little bit right now and saying like, well, if we don't feel like eating that or that doesn't sound good, like let's move it around. Yeah. As long as I get to that fresh stuff first and like use up the stuff because again, I'm being really crazy about not, you know, about making sure we don't have food waste. Yeah. I love that. Um, well today I, when I went to make, um, a braised pork, I realized that I got rid of my chipped Dutch oven when I moved and (laughs) forgot to buy a new one. So I was, had a very sad moment there and it made me think, um, to ask you, you know, I think a lot of us are kind of doing some online shopping right now. Uh, If you had like a gadget or tool or kind of a pan or something. I mean, you can name a few things that you think are just can't live without essentials in the kitchen. Yes. What would they be? Well, I have to tell you the one thing I don't have first. <laughs> it's I a have Dutch oven? Moment. The, thing that's, the thing that's in my Amazon cart and I'm like, ugh, because it's big. And I'm like, I don't really know that I feel like dealing with this. I don't care about things being out on my counter right now because it's, you know, again, loosening the reins. But I like a nice, tidy kitchen without too much stuff out. I'm like, should I get the air fryer? Should I not get the air fryer? Oh, the air fryer. fryer. The air fryer. Everyone loves their air fryer. but Everybody. But the air fryer also seems, has felt to me like one of those novelty things that I would use a bunch, you know, for like a first couple weeks and then be like, eh, maybe not though. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. So I don't have one. And that's what I'm sort of grappling with that one. So if your listeners (laughs) want to hit me up and tell me their opinions, I I, like, I actually want to know, like, have you been using your air fryer for a long time? Yeah. Um, I need to I need to hear from people. Okay. So okay. What I think you need is really simple. I resisted the instant pot for so, so long. Mm. I was like, ugh, I th- I the same feelings I had about the air fryer I had about the instant pot. But it is saving me right now. It makes boiling a big batch of eggs easy. It makes um, you know, the beans that I talked about needing to cook yeah. really easy. It really makes some basics easy. And there have been a couple of nights where I've been like, I am so tired of cooking. And, you know, an instant pot pasta and meat sauce, like, is it the most like perfectly cooked pasta? No, but it's good. And it took no time to make. I literally Early, dump it all in and we go. And I'm not like a generally a big dump and cook kind of person. Right. Okay. But it's, it's saving me on nights when I'm just too spent to think about it. Um, a big Dutch oven is a must. And I cook my pasta in it, like when I don't feel like getting out the huge pot. Um, and I just got one of these bigger Dutch ovens. I, it must have been for the holidays. Um it's a shallow. I'm going to give it to you so you can include it in the show. Yes, notes. I would I'll give love you an exact that. link. But it's um it's a Le Creuset and it's it's sloped sides instead of the hard edges like a skillet has. Okay. Um and it slopes up and it's almost kind of like a demi Dutch oven. It's oh, wider okay. and flatter and the sides don't come up as much and it's sloped all the way. So I've made stir fries in it. I've made like a soupy, like shrimp white bean stew in it. And it's saving me. It's saving me. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's great. And I will just, just for people who have not jumped on the Dutch oven bandwagon, um, 
I just want to point out that like the price points on those can range from 20 bucks up to three to $400. So if you're just trying it out and you're, you're, you're not really ready to make that kind of commitment, just get an inexpensive one and try it. And I think you're going to be like, Oh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> now and I there are see. These, yes. There are these great new, um, millennial, I think it's millennial cookware. Yes. <laughs> I guess it's not really millennial cookware, but just like, you know, direct to consumer new brands. Like yes. Great Jones goods.com is one, but I know there are a lot of them. That isn't a particular plug. I've never worked with them, but they do come in the most beautiful colors and they're way more affordable. And they're really the pretty to leave brands. out. Like if you have yeah. limited yeah. space and you just want to leave it on your stovetop all the time, I've done yep. that before. They're very pretty. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh. But you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, Stacey, so let's just set the stage a little bit. Um, you said your kitchen is your office. It is your happy place or at least your workplace, right? So yeah. what is what is it like? First of all, are you one of those people who spend like all day in your kitchen? Because sometimes that's me. I just get in there and I don't leave. Um, yes, totally. And so is that a, a pleasant place for you to sit perched at your table or island and work? Or, you know, how, do you, how does that look? It is, it is. So I, I also really love my bedroom. <laughs> And my bedroom has a little like seating area that is another place that I it's on the top floor. I live in a brownstone, so it's on oh, the nice. top floor okay. and I get really nice light, which brownstones are not known for good light. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Since makes they're sense. basically row right. houses. Um, but yes, I love being in my kitchen. It's the first week took an adjustment, like having um the boys kind of moving in and out, like my husband popping in whenever he could to make his lunch. Um, so I have to say that I have implemented some systems in the kitchen okay. and I've also like made some sacrifices. Like I normally like the counters to be like totally clean and not have a bunch of stuff on them. And I've made exceptions because I have to acknowledge that there are four of us going in and out, getting snacks, trying to feed ourselves. And I don't want to trade off my um, 
my children's independence. Yeah. Like I want them to feel like they can go in there. And it's their space too, right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I feel like that's really important because in the past, I have felt like I've taken ownership of the kitchen in a way that makes even it uncomfortable for my husband to go in there and cook. And then I complain that no one helps me. So (laughs) I was my own problem. Um, But it is still like it is still my happy place. I just do a little bit more work to like keep it really clean and to like breathe through when other people are in there making a mess. (laughs) I love that. Now, when you cook, do you um, do you kind of like putter about and clean and cook and all that at the same time? Do you have like a routine or a system to how that works? Or do you listen to music or podcasts or just zone out? How does that look? Yeah. So I normally, it depends if I'm recipe developing, I would always put on like music or a podcast. Mm -hmm. And now my um, earbuds are like my new favorite thing ever because I also have the ones that cancel out noise. Nice. So if I'm in there and no one else is cooking with me or like I know the boys aren't going to be coming in for a snack or lunch, I put them in, I cancel the noise and like I just put on my own music and I totally get absorbed in my own world. Um, But when I'm cooking for the family, it's a little bit more open because it's the end of the day. You know, we're getting to like 5.30, 6 o'clock and I tend to put music on on purpose to attract them and I do this oh. even when we're not quarantined because I feel like part of why parents struggle with cooking is it is such a chore. I mean, yeah. that's the reality. There's nothing I can say that's gonna that makes that change less. Yes. that. Because even as someone who loves to cook, like I can't tell you how many days at six o'clock it's time to cook, even if I have a meal plan, even if I've done all the right things. It's mm. like, uh, <laughs> yes. I don't want to do this right now. So I really find that taking care of myself and creating an ambiance mm. is a huge part of what makes it more joyful for me. And I say this all the time on Didn't I Just Feed You? I'm not in the business of trying to raise kids who eat kale and oysters and you know I'm not trying to define their palate I mean I am a little bit but Um, (laughs) like that's a personal thing right I don't think parents are in the business of defining their palates I think parents are in the business of trying to foster a healthy relationship with food and which is not about just eating right food isn't just about eating totally Yeah. yeah totally and especially as our kids get older I see this with my 13-year-old. Like, it's about making food choices. It's about not feeling judged when you eat. It's about not feeling judged in your body. It's about, like, so many other things. So happiness in and around the kitchen, I think, is key. For me, like, you know, pouring myself a cocktail or a mocktail, depending on how tired I am, getting music on, you know, and, like, just inviting people in and, like, saying, okay, now's the moment where I am like switching into family time. It's going to get a little messy. I have confidence that my family will help me clean up. And like, that's that. Like, mm. let's enjoy ourselves. Yeah. It's really important, especially that. now that we're all together in the house. Yeah. Do it's you it, No, it, it is. <laughs> and, and I think you're right. Like there is, can be this push pull where you're in the kitchen and you think, gosh, it's lonely to be the one cooking. I'm always in here by myself. Yeah. But then it's also easy to be like, why are you in here? Totally. <laughs> like I was totally. trying to listen to my podcast and now you're talking to me. So I've, I've almost kind of created almost like a clock. Like there's times when I really just want to be there alone and I, and I don't do things that would bring the kids my way. And I also let them kind of zone out in their own things. It's, it's kind of an intentional thing. Yes. And then when it's time that I want them to start meandering in, because now it's, you know, time for us to enjoy each other. I have to almost like then set the stage for that part of the journey, right? Or that part of the experience. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And I think what makes you enjoy it is different for everybody. When my kids were younger, I made screen time cooking time. And whenever they had that screen time, I wasn't totally hung up on like, you get one hour and there's the buzzer, like five minute warning, 10 minute warning. It was like, okay, like you just relax and do your thing so that I can cook without you guys interrupting me. Yes. Like we had, I had that season, like whatever makes it work for you. I also think that there's, you know, I've, I'm a little bit tired at this point of seeing people talk about the silver linings of quarantine, but here I go. Um, One of the silver linings is that we can 
can start to tune in a little bit to our natural rhythms. Yes. And like what we really need when we're not tethered to like the school schedule and the sports schedule and, you know, everybody booking our work time out with conference calls and this and that. So I have discovered, well, I've always kind of knew this because I, I have to cook all the time for work and I've separated out work cooking from home cooking. But I've discovered that that morning time is when I love to cook by myself. Mm. So I'll, that's when I'll bake or like experiment or if there's nothing that I feel like doing and I just want to get a head start on dinner, I'll prep. That's when I put in the earphones, everybody yeah. out. But by five thirty, six o'clock, I'm ready to like socialize and be like happy with. Yeah. Drink. Yeah. I love that. So, yeah, knowing yourself what and, you need. And we're and you're right. Like I agree that the silver linings are not always easy to find or even what we want to be thinking about. But yes. <laughs> this is kind of like a cultural reset. And it it allows us to each reset our homes um and say, totally. really, what does work for us? And what time do we all want to be getting up and going to bed and eating dinner yeah. and and working? And yeah, it's it's a it's a very unusual, unique circumstance that um it's unprecedented, truly. And I want to say something else. Okay. Sure. Because something that I have been grieving a little bit is, you know, my family is really intense. We're all just very intense people. And it's hard for us. Like I, it's so easy to go on Instagram and see people like playing with their kids all the time. And mm. and I feel sad that that's not where we are. You know, I have a 13 year old who is like, I cannot believe he stuck with his family for this long. (laughs) (laughs) I have a husband who runs his own independent business and has really been in like crisis mode, like doing everything he can to take care of not just us, his family, but all the people who work for him. So he hasn't been able to be around. And when he's around, he really needs a lot of alone time to sort of process and recuperate. And then it's me and the 10 year old yeah. <laughs> who could talk to each other forever about, oh my God, you're driving me crazy. No, you're driving me crazy. So it's been really intense and I'm getting to the point where I'm appreciating this is who we are yeah, <laughs> and this is how we work. So when it comes to family dinner, there has been for years so much emphasis on how important it is to gather around the table, like eat family together. I even talked about how we're trying to eat lunch at 1.30. We're trying to eat dinner together. If that doesn't work for your family, know that you are having plenty of family time right now. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. If you want to take your chicken wings and go to your room and lock the door. Yes, we're all. Netflix <laughs> and chill by yourself. We're all immersed with each other, right? And and I want to also say to that, like, it is not, it's, it's lovely to see the, pictures of people playing with their kids and all these things and, and taking walks in the middle of the day. But for many of us, our life, our workload has not changed. Um, not everybody is now a stay at home parent all of a sudden, like that's not the reality for me. I still have a job. Uh, so, oh, you know, yeah. I like, have more work, more work. I, I know. So I can't get it all done in the hours that I normally do. Right. Exactly. So I think we need to give ourselves a lot of grace right now that like what uh, what our reality, we can all make the best of it all day long. And that's fantastic. We're around each other a lot, but I can't just not do the things I have to do because my kids are home. And so that has made me have to make some, I don't know, um, choices about the way we spend our time, you know? Totally. So cereal for dinner counts, everybody eating by themselves counts, eating in front of the television because you cannot talk counts. (laughs) (laughs) It's all fine right now. There's so much time. Yes. Well, I know we're going to talk about chicken in a second, but before we do, I know you had mentioned um, putting your boys in charge of some of the cooking. Do you have any suggestions? Um, I know that can be kind of a challenging thing when your kids are at that age where you know they could probably start, but you just don't know where to have them start. What do you think are some good, some dishes to get them started on or some techniques? Yeah. So there are a ton of online resources. I will say that. So um, one that just comes to mind is Chop Chop Family. Chop Chop is a magazine and they have a lot of online resources. Um, again, I'm not affiliated with them and I'm sure I'm forgetting so many other friends who like have offer so much. But a couple of like key takeaways, like keep it simple. You don't have to just keep to children's cookbooks. So right. if you don't have any children's cookbooks, that's fine. Like 
you know, uh, everyday food, Sarah Carey of Martha Stewart. Like those are very simple weeknight recipes that kids can do. You're going to have to not be afraid. Now, mm. I'm going to say like this is not the moment where we have to like call on our healthcare providers for like cut fingers. And stuff. Right. So. That's very true. <laughs> yes. Burns and cuts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's be careful. Right. And be like mindful of that right now, because like that, eh, like that's not what we need. Um, But at the same time, there is a certain amount of letting go when you put kids in the kitchen. Um, otherwise it's not a relief for you. Right. So like, if you're feeling too anxious right now, if this isn't the moment, then don't have the kids cook. Like maybe it's just easier for you to do it. But if you need a break and you're willing to hand over a chef's knife, it's okay. Like a 10 year old can handle a chef's knife. You do have to do some training and again, tons of resources online. They need to know how to tuck their fingers. You need to stand over them as they practice, but like, it's okay. They can do some basic chopping have them help you prep as you cook dinner mm. as a way of kind of like, you know, having training wheels on that and acclimating and then them when a you bit. see they're ready. Yeah. But um, and the same goes with the stove. I know the knives and stoves are the things that most people are nervous about. Scrambled eggs and scrambled eggs count for dinner, too. Really easy. And it's like very little on the stove. You're just like doing a medium heat with a pan. If you're not comfortable with that, you can stand by them. Um, cooking pasta, I think is a life skill, by the way. Mm. And I really think kids should learn how to cook pasta. Um, there are a ton of raw tomato sauces, like making pesto, making pesto with basil, making pesto with, uh, sun-dried tomatoes. Um, those are really simple and kids can do in the food processor. Um, what else can kids do? I think, you know, also the Instant Pot's a great way to not have them on a flame. Yeah. So you can use the saute function and have them like brown meat and then put everything else in and then close the lid and you can do the setting for them but that gives them a sense of having multiple steps Mm. and they can also cook something that has a little it's a little bit more complicated um baking is a go-to everybody's baking bread (laughs) there you go if you have a patient kid um have them make a sourdough starter um i think that's really easy quesadillas tacos making a taco filling on the stove you know is pretty simple and then they can just set out the fixings um have them set up like a bar like a pasta bar even Mm. if you don't feel comfortable with them at the stove you cook the pasta but then like some chopped tomatoes some chopped garlic just have them set things out and everyone can make their own that's a great first way for kids to start mixing and matching and realizing like what flavors go together. This is good. This isn't good. Or I like this. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Well, that's toast. great. Those are great places. I mean, oh, even toast. Toast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Learn how to use the toaster. Learn how to use the toaster in the toaster oven. That's another great way where you don't have to like start a flame. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Love it. That's great advice. Um, let's talk about chicken. So you have a book coming out very soon called Winner Winner Chicken Dinner, 50 Winning Ways to Cook It Up. So I assume those are 50 chicken recipes. Yeah. Chicken dinners. That's it. Chicken dinners. Now I have heard that in some places it's really hard to get your hands on certain cuts of chicken. I think yeah. like boneless, skinless breasts were there was shortages in different places because I assume that's what people are comfortable cooking. Totally. And so that's what they gravitate totally. toward. So let's just talk about, um, first of all, making that switch. Like if you couldn't get your hands on chicken breasts, where do you, what would you suggest? Like, where do you start? What do you do? Okay. So I would suggest that you, it depends how seasoned a cook you are. I would say, look up recipes for whatever cut you have. Like that's the best place to start. Um, and think of it as a boon. I know you might be nervous, but actually, boneless, skinless chicken breasts are my least favorite. They're kind cut. of blah. Yeah, in yeah. terms of flavor. Like, yeah. I buy them frequently because, you know, they're easy and they cook quickly. But um, this is a good thing, people. We're going we're gonna to cook with some bone in skin yes. on chicken. You're going to get a lot more flavor out of it. Um, also, and I'm going to, I hope, I hope I can do this. I hope my kids leave me alone enough to do this. I want to put up um, an IGTV. I like to promise things in public because then I hold myself accountable um, on how to break down a chicken. Yes, a whole bird. please. 
Yes, because I think that it's really an important skill. And for two reasons. One is that you can spatchcock chicken, which means just taking out the backbone. And you can do that with kitchen shears or with a kitchen knife if you don't have kitchen shears. But it's really, really a simple process. That I do have online somewhere. I'll send you the link so that you can post it in your show notes. Um, But when you take out the backbone, you can take the whole chicken and you can flatten it. And you're going to get more even cooking and crispier skin. But you can Mm. flavor it any way you would a whole roasted chicken. So that's a nice, really easy method that I think people find a little, once you know how to spatchcock, you find it a little um, less intimidating than roasting a whole chicken, Mm. partly because the method itself makes it easier to cook the chicken meat evenly between light and dark meat. So I love to... um to roast whole chickens. I, I do that all the yeah. time. I have not been able to figure out how to take the chicken apart once it's cooked, which means I waste a lot of the yeah. meat. So totally. I need this. Yes. <laughs> yes. And also being able to break down a chicken, like if you're going to learn a chicken skill, like if you guys eat chicken as frequently as most people eat for <laughs> chicken, um, it's a lot. Chicken is the number one protein. It's part of why I wrote the book, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, I'm in, I like to think of myself as being in the business of offering kitchen solutions. And when I learned how much chicken people were buying, it's the number one most selling protein. I was like, oh, but people also complain about chicken all the time. And that's because they need the right recipes. They need to know how to do it. Yeah. So knowing how to break down the chicken is really, really useful too, especially if you have picky kids, because like if they only like the leg and you like the breast, it, yeah. you can kind of modify. Just keep in mind that if you're going to try to take a whole chicken and make enough chicken breasts, butcher them so that you have enough boneless, skinless chicken breasts, which is much easier to do than it sounds like, yeah. you will need more than one whole bird. Mm, okay. So that's the thing to keep in mind, because if you're only using the chicken breasts for dinner, you'll need two birds to get four single chicken breasts. Okay. And then you can use the other cuts to make other meals down the line. Um, but yeah, I would say, like, start looking up new recipes. I mean, I think that's the thing to do here. Yeah. But also, if you're brave and you want to learn how to butcher a chicken, you can get whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> Out of yeah. whatever you find. Well, and I and if you're not brave enough to start quite there yet, um, chicken thighs I are usually inexpensive, much less expensive than boneless, skinless breast. And I think it's pretty easy to sub them in for what you might be used to doing with chicken breast. Definitely. So yeah. And if your family doesn't like dark meat, just be mindful that beforehand you might want to trim a little bit of the fat because that's what can get in the way for some kids. Mm -hmm. Also, if you can only find bone in skin on thighs, which I'm hearing is the case for a lot of people, too, and you just were hoping for that boneless, skinless cut that's really easy and versatile, it's very easy to take the bone out of a thigh and the skin literally just pulls off. I know that sounds very graphic, but it's very, very easy. <laughs> right. Yes. I show you in the book. But Good. yeah, you just basically <laughs> take the tip of a knife and run it right alongside as close as you can get to the bone from the top to the bottom. It's just one little short bone, like two and a half inches long. Run the knife kind of beveled so that you're alongside it, but a little bit underneath it with the tip of the knife on one side, then on the other side, and then kind of shimmy and pull and use your knife to let it loose. Awesome. And there you go. Then you have a boneless thigh. So the book is out later in April, but you, but it is available for pre-order now. It is available for pre-order wherever you get books, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, IndieBound. I would normally encourage you to go to your local bookstore. Um, but right now, maybe just stay home yeah, and get it, it call, online. Maybe, maybe, well, and maybe your local bookstores, I know ours, um, they're not doing, I don't think they're doing deliveries right now, but I bet that they would call an order in for you. So I bet they would. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good idea as well. And we'll put the link in our show notes so that when you're, you know, watching um, or when you're learning how to spatchcock a chicken and buying your Dutch <laughs> oven, you can also go ahead and and pre-order this book and get it in your cart. Love that. Yeah. Oh, one yeah. other tip on the chicken. Sure. Prep. You can always cook whatever, just poach it or cook it in a sauce and shred the meat off. Mm. Like you can mm-hmm. pull off the skin. If you have skin on your chicken, that doesn't mean you have to crisp it up. Because yeah. if it, if you want to make it in something saucy, the skin will stay soggy. But leave it on because it'll add flavor and some of that fat will melt into your sauce, giving it a nice little flavor boost. Mm. But when in doubt, shred your chicken. 
that's a that's a great tip. And also put it in tacos. Yeah, do whatever. Well, and if your if your family doesn't think they like dark meat, um, they won't know if you make dark meat chicken and you put it in tacos or in a sauce or go. something like that. They'll have no Shred idea. It up. Yep. So that's great advice. Well, Stacy, this has been such a fun talk conversation, and I've loved getting these tips from you. I know it's very very timely, and people are really thinking about feeding their families right now it's the one thing we not only have control over but we must continue to do so i really appreciate having you on the show today thanks for having me okay thanks everyone for listening don't forget to check out the didn't i just feed you podcast and stacy's new book winner winner chicken dinner we'll have a link to that and some of the techniques and products we discussed in the show notes for today's episode Also, just a reminder that we have a fantastically supportive Facebook community that is a great place to bounce pantry ideas, meal planning ideas, and basically anything parenting or family related off of other Mom Hour listeners. We'll drop a link to the Facebook group in the show notes as well. Just make sure that you answer the questions that'll prompt you for when you request to join. That way we'll know you're a listener and we can go ahead and approve you. Okay, thanks everyone. And we'll talk to you soon. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.